0: self-published author and digital marketer Paul Teague.
1: Hello and welcome to Self-publishing Journeys episode number 97 for Monday the 8th of January 2018. My guest today is Ron Vital who caught my attention on Twitter at the beginning of 2017 because of an excellent post that he made on his blog outlining in great detail his indie author outgoings and income. Few authors dare to share this kind of information, but Ron broke it all down in great detail holding back nothing in the process. When Ron got in touch with me before Christmas to share the details of his latest book launch, revealing again every detail of cost, what worked and what didn't, I couldn't resist catching up with him to find out how it had all gone. Unfortunately, the launch failed to ignite for Ron, but he walked away with some great learning points to fuel his future career as an indie author. When we chatted for the podcast, I asked him to get started with a quick reminder about what he writes.
2: Back in 2009, um, I decided that I wanted to... Uh, Focus on writing fantasy books. Um, And so that's when I uh, launched, uh, started working on and then launched in 2011, my Lost Cinderella Secret Diary, book one. And at the time, I only had an idea for one book. I've always loved science fiction and fantasy, you know, since I was a, a little boy. And I am trained from university on uh, writing. I mean, that's that's what I wanted to be, uh, you know, quote, unquote, when I grew up. Unfortunately, it was really difficult to make a living in the United States, uh, you know, as a full time writer. So I decided, let me, you know, find my niche and, you know, where I work now in higher education. I love my job, love what I do full time. But. As I was getting closer to middle age, I realized if I don't make uh, the opportunity now to start being creative and start writing, it's never going to happen. Um, and I decided getting up early in the morning, have a consistent schedule, and that's where I create my books, you know, a couple times a week before work. Um, we are uh, been focusing on fantasy, some dark fantasy, and then, you know, science fiction more like space opera, and I love it. So I've been having a great time with that.
1: I can't believe it's a year since you and I have spoken and we've both had different experiences in that year. And you got in contact with me to say um, a a couple of months ago to say, I'm doing this book launch and do you want me to talk you through it and of course i do <laughs> of course i do you've, <laughs> you've written this brilliant um blog post now the, the the first sad thing for me to read is is that the title of the blog post rather than being how to run an incredibly successful book launch is how to learn from a failed book launch which <laughs> which kind of sets us up for a fall right from the start unfortunately
2: Yeah, that is true. And I I, I wanted to be honest in that, that uh, you know, in full transparency, you know, uh, when you finish writing your baby, you always think that your baby is the best thing. It's going to succeed. People are going to read your book and they're going to think it's the most wonderful thing on the planet. And I have received great reviews with that. But the reality, you know, the day to day is when I look back at the numbers and I look at, you know, some of the failed promotions, the, the promotional channels that I you know, went through, they just did not convert at all. And so I did, I did lose money, you know, on on the book launch. And it's something that I wanted to share with people because I can say, you know, this is where I failed. This is what I've learned from my failure moving forward. This is what I'm going to do to fix that. Um, one of the things that was really uh, helpful is that Christine Catherine Rush, uh, science fiction Uh, fantasy writer that I admire Um, she was kind enough to write to me and I uh, she saw my tweet and said that I shouldn't be embarrassed by my failure that if you don't fail you don't learn and that was something that I really took close to heart on that
1: well that that was very kind of her do do you want to just um, tell us which book you were launching and and how it fits in does it fit into any trilogies or, or any series is it a standalone just just let us know what we were trying to promote here
2: sure so this is a new series it's called the werewell saga um it's called ahab's daughter and the basic premise is you know uh, melville's moby dick uh, what really happened after that and so i it's a historical fantasy book that basically has the central character morgan it's ahab's daughter and she goes on this quest to find her brother and whatever happened to her father and it gets extremely dark you know at the end there's some pretty wild um i don't want to say magical but uh you know almost supernatural things that take place at the end where she's on this island the island of nightmares and the island essentially comes alive and is starting to attack everyone on there so it's a you know it's a slow build up and then you know i've had Um, readers say, you know, once that third act kicks in, it's like all this buildup, buildup. And then the book just explodes with this creativity of, wow, this is not what I expected. And uh, so I have received excellent reviews, you know, on the book. Right now, it's only book one in this series. I am currently writing book two. I'm almost done the first draft of the second book. And the longer term plan is a book three. The there is going to be a tie in in this series with another series that I wrote. But it's going to be a tie in that they're going to be separate standing uh, trilogies. But if you happen to have read the one trilogy, it's a, a little bit of a wink, wink. You know, like here's some, you know, other characters that are mentioned as other trilogy. And I I wanted to do something you know, like that on purpose of just uh, tying my worlds together because I'm creating this uh, amazing world with my various series that have little tie-ins that you don't have to be tied into one series, but they do thread together in a nice web.
1: So this is a standalone book, and I think that's an important part of the experience here to say that's a standalone and that the the books, two of the three, aren't yet written. Um, So what was your plan um from the outset what did you want to do with the book what was your aim what would you have been happy with
2: what i would have been happy with is uh, my hope was that i that the money that i invested in the promoting book one that people you know would have purchased the book I would have at least made neutral money, you know, balanced out. So I didn't really make a ton of money, but I didn't necessarily spend, you know, I would have been, I would have been neutral with that. And part of what I was hoping is that through some of the call to actions in the book, people would sign up for my mailing list and they would get a free book, um, you know, in my Cinderella series, they would get to see other things and get into my funnel in different ways. Unfortunately, because I had, you know, so small sales that did not happen.
1: Okay, well then, I, I know that when we spoke last year, um, production quality is something that you said is really important to you. And you, you've, you've done another great post. Thank you so much for doing these. They're, they're really educational, I think, for authors. You know, wherever we are, they're really educational. And, but I know that quality is something that you will not budge on. And, and so you've got a lot of upfront costs for this book. Can you just run us through what it costs you just to get the book done and out there first?
2: Yes. So you know, I'm looking at my numbers. I spent uh, $381 uh, on the cover. I spent $441, you know, on copy editing, um, and then I spent $35 to have the book registered with uh, in the United States the you know uh, congressional copywriting. So I want to make certain that that was officially on file. Um, Some of the other money that I spent, which in retrospect I wish I did not spend, uh, I spent. 157 dollars on a revised book uh, description, and I spent 212 dollars on a basically it's a, a an arc service, a service that would say we we have 70,000 people in our mailing list, uh, we're going to send this out and we're going to try to get people to read your book and then to leave a review. That 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 failed miserably. So that was 212 dollars that was wasted. Uh, 157 dollars for the book description. To be very frank, uh, when I look at my own book description and I've had other authors look at it, they said, you know, what you had written was perfectly fine. So, again, I wasted $157 there. The copy editing and the cover cost, yes, I could have gone cheaper. But to to your point with what you had said, you know, I'm, I'm on purpose spending money for the quality of my books because in the past with my first trilogy, I did not spend a lot of money on the editing and on the covers. And then I had to go back and basically do it all over again and get them edited again, get brand new covers. So I thought, why do I want to spend money twice? Uh, I'm looking to build a business that's going to last for, you know, hopefully for the rest of my life, decades yet to go. Um, Why don't I just spend the money, you know, with what I can actually afford now, rather than just saying, I'm going to do a, you know, a $50 cover or so. I want to do something that's going to, you know, look good, good quality, and it's going to last.
1: This is interesting because the the editing is the thing I won't budge on, and that's what I spend most money on. I had spent a lot of money on covers, the sort of money that you're spending there. And I realized that if I was, I'm writing books well, not as fast as some people are, but I've got four books out this year. I simply cannot afford to keep paying for the copy editing of the covers. Yep. So I've gone cheaper on the covers this year. Um, not not really, really, really horribly um, cheap. I, I got a basic design done on Fiverr, and I know enough about Photoshop to manage the layers and to change a basic design. So um, I've managed to squeeze, I'm, I'm going to squeeze seven covers out of one Five a gig for about thirty dollars and that hasn't uh, affected my sales drastically but um you know it, it's a lot of money where are you you're i'm looking at dollars here you're nearly sort of eight hundred dollars aren't you before you even draw breath on this
2: exactly and and that's where you know i've had other authors say to me if you could pull down your spend um you know on your covers you know I, I, like you I, I really cannot compromise on the copy editing because as a as a reader myself Nothing turns me off more than if I pick up a book and I find lots of errors in it. Um, I, I just i I will just put the book down and then I will not want to read anything from that author again. So I, I look at that from this is a quality product, and I want to ensure that when it gets into my readers' hands, they're not going to find you know mistakes on every page. The price
1: of the book description um, made my eyes water a little bit. I, I know I've, I've I've had some Brian Cohen book descriptions in the past. I don't remember them costing that much. Maybe I got them at a special offer, but 157 seems like a lot to me uh, for a book description. No, I I don't know. You can get a cover done for that, can't you? So
2: <laughs> yes, um, and to be full transparent, it was Brian Cohen that did the book description. His his company. So I guess at the time, you you know maybe when you were working with him, either he's charging people different fees again i I love brian i think he's great he's fantastic um i wanted to give it an experiment and see if it made a difference but to be very honest i i did get a quote-unquote deal on the 157 it was higher than that normal price but when i look at what i got um, it it didn't really do anything for me so i i would not be doing that again and that's not against um, brian in any way i think again he does provide a great service Uh, My thought was, let me experiment by seeing what I could learn from his optimized book description. But when I look at what he did along with what I had done on my own, there really wasn't much of a difference. Yeah, I did
1: did the same thing. Um, uh, The other thing is I've done a lot of internet marketing launches in the past. This will make your eyes water. Um, When I was doing an internet marketing launch a couple of years ago, we paid uh, $10,000 for a copy editor um, to do a sales page for us. And the interesting thing is, is that although sometimes copy editors, you know, they know all the skills, they know all the techniques, they they know all the tricks that you and me maybe don't, but but still, um, it's still hit or miss for them as to whether it converts, uh, even though they know the tricks. And I think probably that's what you've got caught out here, that you've probably got all the tricks in there, they're all in the right order, everything's right, but actually it just didn't convert. And actually to get something that converts, you kind of have to test. Everybody has
2: to yes. test. Exactly you know and again again, that's something where I look at the money that I spent you know I, I spent money in a service, I received fantastic customer service from that quality description. was happy with that. I'm looking at it as now I'm going to take a look at that as a model for my own you know uh, book descriptions, which I'll write on my own you know moving forward um, because again, I have to trim something from these costs. Um, you know, speaking of the copy editing and going back to that, uh I've I've used a couple copy editors over the last couple years and it can be a bit of a challenge. Uh, the copy editor I worked with, this is the second book uh, she had done for me. Unfortunately she had a personal family issue and uh there is there was a, a bit of a crunch time where I received the book back and when I was going through the book I found that there was still a lot of errors in it and she and I had to have a pretty good, you know, uh, uh A crucial conversation about the service that i received and then she opened up and let me know that you know basically she she was going to miss a bunch of deadlines because of this personal issue that happened with her family and this is some of the challenges that you know you work when you work with freelancers and thankfully we were able to work it out and once i understood what was going on I, i fully understood that but um you know when you're up against production schedules and you're trying to launch a book in a certain time because you have you know promos lined up uh, the end of the summer was a bit of a crazy time for me because I had to go through and I had to fix all this when I expected the book was going to be all wrapped up, you know, and completed, you know, two three weeks before, and that didn't come to be, you know. And when you look at the cost of, you know, four hundred and forty one dollars, it was actually more than that, and that cost is something that I negotiate, you know, down because of you know some of the challenges that came with miss, you know, a missed deadline. So, you know, for someone new getting into this. Uh, this is part of working, you know, as an entrepreneur. There's, you know, you have to manage, you know, the freelancers that you work with. You have to ensure that they work on your deadline. You get the good quality, as well as you're trying to do the promotion. You're trying to do the writing. You're trying to do all this other work at the same time. You're wearing many multiple hats, and it's it's difficult to keep everything in line.
1: The other thing you've got there that's $212 is the Happy Book Curating Book Reviews. Is that Jim, Jim Cookrell's service, that one?
2: Yes, that is correct. How does that um, work? the the way it worked is that uh jim service he sent out uh a targeted email to reviewers that i received a spreadsheet on i think it was 50 or 60 reviewers uh top reviewers and asked them if they were interested in you know reading the book uh people got the book through a a book funnel they downloaded it, they took a look at it and I didn't receive any reviews on that. Um, none at all. And that was something that, you know, he and I went back and forth and, um, you know, I obviously explained that I was very disappointed in the cost. Uh, he put some other promotions together to help drive, you know, traffic to the book, but it, it just, I received no, you know, I think I may have gotten like maybe one review, you know, from that service. And that was something again, that, you know, uh, it's very clear in, in when I worked with him is that because you spend money, this isn't me paying to get reviews. This is a service, which basically took from me the arc process so that he could try to get reviews, you know, for me. And unfortunately, um, as you had said earlier, uh, you've had challenges in the past as well with, you know, giving arcs and then getting people actually convert by leaving a review. This is the same, same type of situation, except I spent spent $212 on that, and I will not be spending that money again.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you hear all these big authors um, releasing their book, uh, you know, like pigeons into the skies, like doves into the skies, and and, and you get the impression that the readers welcome the doves and, 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 and read the books and <laughs> happily review them. Well, that hasn't been my experience. I've found getting um people to to read my books before i release them a real pig of a job i can't i just it's hard it's really really hard so um you know I, I, and clearly somebody like jim what jim will do is he'll bring people who've already volunteered i guess to be art readers but you still yes. can't you, you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink and I, I guess we're all in the same situation with that
2: exactly and that's what jim explained he was fantastic to work with um you know again nothing on him or his company. It's not that he didn't provide the service. It's, you know, at the end of the day, you cannot force anyone to leave a review. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that want free books. You know, I have people on my subscriber, you know, list that say they literally have hundreds of free books and they don't have enough time to read the books. Um, it's as though they're collectors. You know, they're just trying to collect as many free books as they possibly can, knowing that they're not going to get to all of them. Um, and I think in the last couple of years, when you have the book funnels and the Insta freebies of the world, there are so many free books out there. There isn't much of an incentive for someone to say, I'm going to read a book and then I'm going to take time and I'm going to go leave a review. Um, it, was, it, it was more productive for me to mail my own list and get a portion of those people to then leave reviews. Again, I do not pay for reviews. You know, I'm not trying to coerce anyone into review. My thought is, if you would like to get a free book, I only ask that you would leave a free and honest review, you know, in return and ensure that they use the correct language, you know, so from an Amazon perspective that, um, you know, I'm not going to be flagged. I'm not trying to get fake reviews. Um, I don't believe in that at all.
1: The other um, expense that makes my eyes water a little bit, and this is a service I've never heard of, is this genre crave mega ad service. Never heard of that. What? What? And that's uh, nearly five hundred dollars. That's a yeah. Th-
2: this was a service that was going to send out uh, and did do this. Uh, I-, I don't have the uh, the details with me, but they had a very large email subscriber list, a large Facebook page. Um, you know, the large Twitter, it went everywhere. And, you know, when I look at the $500 that I spent, the, the numbers that came back is I had 65 sales, you know, that day. Uh, obviously, if you do, you know, do the math of, you know, what I was charging for the book uh, at the time, when I launched, I went at a low price at two dollars You're going to make about $2.04, $2.05 profit times sixty five, I did not make my money back on that at all.
1: Uh, that, that's that's interesting because that's more than I paid for my book bub, for instance. And uh you, you know we've discussed right. we've discussed the results I got from that. So that that really was not money well spent, was it? That, that that must be very disappointing that one.
2: No, that was very disappointing. And that was something that again, uh for you know, for authors that are out there, uh you know, the transparency that I'm showing is uh, you get very excited as an author and you worked really hard on a product. And I thought if I throw money at something, you know, somebody else is going to take care of some of this marketing aspect and the promotion because I don't have time for it. So I'm going to throw money at it. And then, you know, the masses are going to come and they're going to be able to go through and I'm going to sell, you know, books. Uh, in my haste, it would have been better to save that money, work on book two, book three, as we've been talking and focus more on trying to get a book bub over time, knowing that the rates of acceptance for Bookbub, you know, is really difficult. But why throw the money away?
1: Interestingly, you paid what I would regard as fairly tiny amounts. For Facebook ads, uh, $42, and um, Amazon ads, ten sixty-three. Uh, uh, the Amazon ads, I'm assuming, it's because you couldn't spend the money. It's really hard to spend money on Amazon, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, so last year I spent, and I, I don't have the number right with me, but I believe I spent a couple hundred dollars on Facebook ads, and they did not convert for me. Um, it, it just again, it was just a waste of money. And that's part of, I didn't spend the time on really building a a solid lookalike, you know, audience. Um, Facebook essentially just took my money. Now I had success, I think a year or so before in giving a book away free and getting people on my, uh, on my mailing list. I think the conversion rate was something like around 62 cents at the time for me to get someone onto, you know, onto my mailing list. And then once they were on my list, I could then, you know, start building my relationship with those people and then selling uh, future books to them over time. So I, I've been burned by Facebook in the past. And I, 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 decided to really keep something low just to see if anything happened with that, with uh, Amazon marketing system, you know, the AMS ads, you're right. I just was not able to get them to a point where I could have Amazon, you know, uh, take my money from me. Um, I have also gone through and read Brian Meek's book. I've been doing lots of experimentation since, I think it's been since, uh, late August, early September. And even till date, I'm at the point where, you know, the the amount of money that I spent for the year on uh amazon ads it basically balances out or may have made a few dollar positive um you know in sales Uh, so i I haven't seen great success in ams ads as some people have just because the the amount of time and energy that it takes to build these massive you know keyword lists and experimentation on keywords you know i'm going to spend 12 cents on this one 13 cents 14, 15, 16 cents, try this description, try these keywords, analyzing all that information, that takes a tremendous amount of time.
1: I've had the same experience as you, Rob, because uh, with Facebook ads, I had the same thing happen. I couldn't sell books from it, but I did extremely well getting email addresses, and they were a good price. But I actually found that I then moved to InstaFreebie, where I was getting them for a fraction, you know, it's just cents. It was peanuts to get them on Freebie. So I stopped doing that. And on Amazon ads. I haven't been able to sell my fiction, uh, but I have been able to sell nonfiction. That's that has sold, and that's showing a constantly positive ROI. I don't know what to read into that. But like you, I've been through Brian Meeks's book, but but it, it it's it's funny. You probably feel the same as me. You did Mark Dawson's course. You've done Brian Meeks, and it never seems to work for me.
2: Yeah, it's funny. We we are on the same trajectory in that um, I had Insta freebie. I think I started back in 2016. I received thousands, you know, of people on my list. But what I found is that the quality of the reader, and when I say quality, I want to, I want to make sure I'm clear on this. I, I just found that Insta Freebie readers tend to want something free and don't turn into people who actually buy books. So I was getting thousands of people that were coming onto my list, but they just were not either opening my emails, they weren't buying, uh, very low engagement, and I was getting extremely high monthly you know, costs of MailChimp fees. So I have since stopped InstaFreebie and I am now experimenting with BookFunnel and I'm finding that people in BookFunnel, I'm getting a different type of reader who doesn't just want something for free. They're also looking for, you know, books that they want to buy. So I've done that route as well as with my AMS uh, ads. I did also release in 2017 a nonfiction book, which I didn't do much promotion on, but I've also found that, for whatever reason, I get more conversions on purchases for the nonfiction book, you know, from the Amazon ads than I do in my fiction book. So I, I have a very similar experience uh, as you.
1: Now, it's interesting because I know that you come from a, a kind of web-based background. You know about these things. You know about SEO, and it's not uh, a mystical language to you. So I'm surprised because you're how to become a successful author book while working full-time. So I would have thought that that was quite a good one for you to push because, um, I, I've always found that nonfiction works easier and better, um, and you've got a nice cover on there. It looks like a great book. So I'm surprised we haven't pushed that. I uh,
2: It it all has come down to time and that I have not had the uh, budget. I spent basically my budget on my fiction book, and unfortunately that failed. So now I have a nonfiction book where I've done a little bit of experimentation in amazon and i've seen you know some positive you know roi on that but now it turns into okay am i going to shift gears and try to push this nonfiction book and try to build this up and you know work full time and i want to finish the trilogies of these others so it, it's all coming down the time but you're right in that i've gotten some very positive you know, feedback from people who have read the book, uh, you know, my nonfiction book, because again, I, I go in and I, I go way deep into here's what my schedule is, my writing schedule, you know, here are some of the challenges of work-life balance when you're raising a family, or working full-time, you know, five days a week, and then you're trying to work and exercise as well as writing time and editing and managing, you know, freelancers to be able to complete your book. I mean, I you know, my book goes through, you know, how to become successful, you know, writer breaks that all down. Um, it's just, I, I haven't had a lot of, uh, money or time to be able To promote it that much unfortunately this
1: year and and the other question I should ask you because you write these fantastic blog posts every year you are promoting that book on those blog posts aren't you because when we spoke last year I probably remember this better than you because I just listened to it before we spoke but one of the things you said last year is that you've got some really good uh, posts on your website that act as landing pages because they get a lot of traffic are you promoting that book on those landing pages
2: Yes, it's funny you say that. I have spent a little bit of time in the last year, and this is something that – bear with me as I go down this route, uh, this path, because it's something that I never would have expected – I've been doing lots of research, a lot of writing and focusing on content marketing and search engine optimization. And I understand that Google has been using Google Rank Brain, focusing on artificial intelligence to help find web pages that will answer the questions that users are looking for. So when you go to Google, it isn't so much that you're, you're Landing page is filled with the the correct keywords. It's the concepts on those pages. So when I did research over the last year and I looked what are the most read articles on my website, as you were talking about now, I had fully expected that it was going to be the articles you know that I wrote on the indie author, my year end sales, and you know all the details. That's what I expected, but in reality the two top pages on my website are these, uh, monster posts that I wrote about when I tore my Achilles back in 2014. And I went through and explained the whole process of, you know, when I was injured, how long it took to heal and things that I did to be able to turn around and, you know, get better again from this, you know, this, uh, sports injury that I had. I had, I had, in the last year for those two articles, you know, almost a thousand people spending four to five minutes of time on those pages. And the reason why is that people are Googling how long does it take to heal from, you know, an Achilles injury or how, you know, what, what can I expect from this injury? And they're landing on my page. So I took that information, you know, as I'm also taking it for my indie author uh, articles, and I am ensuring that I weave in there information for either Amazon affiliate links uh, for products that I use while I was sick, uh, you know, and had my leg, uh, you know, products that I had purchased to be able to help myself, you know, get back you know, well again, as well as for the indie author. I'm working on my year-end 2017 article, which also is going to be a retrospective from 2011. All the way through 2017, I am ensuring that I'm putting links, you know, to this nonfiction book that we're talking about—the uh, How to Become a Successful Writer, you know, book—and also I will be putting in, you know, links for if people want to sign up. I have a uh, a nonfiction in the Writing Life uh, mailing list. So I want, you know, I want to take what I've learned and see how it's actually really applying itself you know, in the real world with what people are actually looking for content on my site, which has given me different ideas on what other type of blog articles I can write because, you know, not that I've made a ton of money from Amazon affiliate sales, but it has, it, it has been a, a portion of revenue that I had never considered before, just from getting traffic from people you're getting, you know, coming to my site and ordering products on Amazon.
1: What I like about your blog post is that you don't spare yourself at all. And one of the questions in this particular post that I'm looking at, how to learn from a failed book launch, is the question, maybe I suck as a writer. And uh, I ask myself that all the time. Uh, You know, maybe I'm just rubbish. Maybe that's why I'm having a real hard job selling books. How, How have you worked through this one for yourself?
2: I, the type of person that I am is that I, I like to ask myself the hard questions. You know, I want to say, okay, look, I'm hearing all these podcasts, I'm reading all these articles, and everybody's talking about how they're making money hand over fist. But the reality is, you know, if you look at Data Guy's, you know, uh, you know, the information he's gathered about sales, you you have a small portion of the indie population that's making money. There's many of us out there that are barely making money and many of us are not making positive money. So the question that I have to ask myself is, is it me, you know, am I a bad writer? And I I like to ask that. And then objectively take my emotion out of it and look at the reviews that I have received from my books and the feedback that I have received from people who are on my mailing list asking me to write other books, telling me how my book has changed their lives in different ways. When am I writing the next book? So that way, when I get into that dark, you know, hole of it must be me, I have information that will lift me up so I can turn around and say you know what no maybe it's not me maybe it's I need to become a better marketer or I need to be able to trim my costs on different things but I'm not gonna give up being a writer
1: the other thing you ask in this article is Is there a market for my book? Now, this has almost been the catchphrase of 2017, write to market. And um, I'm very interested in in the way that you express your thoughts here, because I'm like this. I I don't want to write to market. So I do. I don't want to write something that no one's going to read. But I don't want to write formulaic books that feel like they've come from a sausage factory. There has to be some passion in it, some investment from me in there. So, again, I'm interested to hear your view on this, because you go into this quite a lot in the article.
2: Yeah, this is something that I, you know, um, it, it, I'm also very passionate when it comes to my writing. I'm not getting up five o'clock in the morning simply because I want to churn something out. That That's not what I want to do. I want to write something that is either unique or different or something that I'm inspired by. And that doesn't mean you know, that I only write when my news comes to me. No, I have a writing schedule, you know, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday mornings. That's when I'm doing my writing. I'm doing that consistently, and I have been doing that consistently for the last couple years. But I am not going to just sit there and say, you know, oh, I know that I'm just going to make something up. Vampires are popular right now, or space military, you know, operas are, you know, are popular right now, and I'm going to churn out as much as I can, uh, just so I can make a buck. Uh, That's, that's not what I want to do, because I'm looking on the long term, I'm building these series out. And I'm, uh, I also look back in the things that I've learned from the the blog post that Christine Catherine Rush, you know, has, has, uh, has published in her blog this past year, she's focused a lot on burnout, and a lot of talking about writing to market. And often when people are writing to market, they hit that burnout period because they're churning a book a month, a book a month, a book a month. Um, Being able to consistently keep that up over decades, I just don't know how that's possible. Um, And to her point, what is going to be the next big thing if if we as writers and authors, like we're not experimenting, if we're not trying something different, if we're all trying to do the same thing. So I figured there's plenty of people that are out there doing that, and they're making great money, fantastic that's wonderful but i'm i'm trying a different route it's a longer route it's a long tail route and unfortunately it's going to take me probably another five to ten years of where i want to be
1: and that's fair enough because we're not you know we're building businesses here aren't we and i i always i always feel that if you ever have that breakthrough book when it comes they're all going to read your back catalog anyway and they'll probably feel much more positive about it anyway because you'll be the the
2: person of the moment Well, that's the thing that I'm looking at is that I'm trying to focus on the the present day. I have the abilities that I have now and I have six years you know of of novels that I have produced. When I sit down and work on a book, I am much better now at narrative flow, pulling things together than I was, you know, six years ago. And so for me it's important that I grow over time. And if I do have a successful book in the future, it will be nice to be able to look back and see this evolution of my work as a writer rather than, you know, I, I just only did this one thing. I want to do something that's different and bigger. And to your, to, to mirror what you said, I'm doing this for a future career. I'm something working on so hard on this is because I want to build something out. I'm looking at this as intellectual property. There could be movies, uh, Netflix series. There could be a whole bunch of other things in my future because of the IP that I am working and building on. And I know that Johanna Penn and Christine Catherine Rush, both of those have talked a lot about in either blog posts or on podcasts of thinking you know We're storytellers. The stories of the future may not necessarily just be in words in an e-book. It could be in virtual reality, augmented reality, in movies, in things that we don't even know that exist yet. And that's what I want to do as a writer. I want to grow in that way. So I'm looking big, like very, very big. I don't want to limit myself, essentially. Nevertheless,
1: this book launch experience has left you uh, licking your wounds, and and I would put myself in the same place as you are as an author. No one knows who I am. I'm struggling to sell books. I'm writing and I'm I'm persevering, um, but I spend a lot of time licking my wounds. I have high hopes, and then they're dashed quite a lot, and, and it, it just feels to me that this has just happened to you as well. And you know how how do you keep picking yourself up and, and keeping that that positivity?
2: It's uh, it's something that uh, the way I focus, you know, my life. I've had you know some challenging times in my life, and I guess it comes down to as you're you know as you're growing as a person. You, each of us has an option. You could throw in the towel and say, "I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore." And then there's there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it, it would be very logical for me to say, "Look at these failures that I've had." Um, I'm not making a ton of money. I'm just going to give up. But I'm the type of person that if I say if I see my failure and say, yes, but I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I have sold some books. I am learning things. I am getting readers that are wanting to see more from me. It's taking a lot longer than what I expected, but I'm still having fun in this. So part of my healing process uh, the way I go through a, a difficult time is I like to share, I like to talk about it so I can, you know, publicly kind of clean off myself, dust, of the, you know, the, the dust off my knees and pick up the, the scrapes from my knees with, you know, some medicine and then move on. And that's something that, you know, I have people who have helped me in the past with either giving me advice, um, you know, or uh, sharing my links out, you know, on their email blast and this is part of my process of passing it forward that i want the world to know other indie authors not everyone just comes out of the gate and makes a million dollars it it takes years of hard work to be able to get where you want to go sometimes um there are no very quick and easy answers that you just do this one thing and you snap a finger and you're you know entirely successful those type of stories Usually there's more behind that behind the scenes where someone's been working for years, we just don't know that, or it's a flash in a pan and it doesn't very, you know, last very long. Um, what I'm doing is I'd rather lick my wounds publicly and say, this was a very difficult, painful process, but I'm moving on because I still love to write.
1: This interview is going to run um, on the 8th of January, so a brand new year. I know that you always start the new year with these amazing posts, and um, I know you don't like to make New Year's resolutions, but you you do set yourself targets. So I'm wondering, um, as, a, as a final question for you today, what is 2018, Having having licked those wounds and, and done more learning, what are you going to aim for in 2018?
2: Yeah, so what I'd like to really focus on in two thousand eighteen, and I might need to take this and like literally stick it on my monitor so I can look at it every morning to remind me, is to have patience. Uh, focus on tying up the series that I'm working on. You know, finish a book two, finish a book three, package them up, then get that promoted instead of wasting time on trying to promote. You know, book one of a series, or I only have two. That it's it's energy and money that I am wasting because I've become impatient, and so I want to focus on being a little bit more targeted in 2018 by achieving my goals and moving forward. And saying the long-term success that I am striving toward is not going to come, you know, today. It's going to it's going to come a little bit more in the future, and I just need to be patient on that. So I think for me, 2018 is. Keep working hard, you know, but be patient.
1: Thank you for sharing all this great information with us, Ron. I really appreciate it. Um, You haven't written it just yet, but by the time this goes live, your post will be available for everybody to read. Uh, Can you tell us where the new 2018 post is going to be, Uh, what the URL for your website is?
2: Sure. It's uh, ronvital.com. That's wwr is Victor ecom There's a blog section uh, at the end of December. So yes, before this uh, this uh, podcast comes out, my article will be live. And again, it's it's gonna be not just all the numbers you know that I've spent for 2017, literally bearing everything, but it's gonna be a retrospective of everything that I have collected all the data that I've collected back from 2011 all the way up to 2017, and it doesn't paint a very pretty picture, I'll be honest with that, but it's something that I'm hoping again people will see where I had successes where I didn't have successes and I'm starting to see some trends because I'm seeing that the competition as more traditional publishers are really focusing on eBooks, It's harder now than it was back in 2011 when I first had my book out where you could basically put anything up um, and it would sell like hotcakes.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.